Welcome to the Alternative GCSE podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I've been working in education now for over 12 years in various different roles. This podcast tackles some of the wider issues in education and hopefully will spark some more conversations to drive change so that every single child and teenager can be fully supported to grow into well-rounded, happy and successful adults. So, Let's get started. Hello, and so for today's episode, it's been a bit of a while, and I'm sorry about that, but life is so busy sometimes, and I think January is the month to catch up, isn't it? So today I wanted to discuss the main issues surrounding this kind of controversial issue, and it's the idea of giving your kids the life that you didn't have. Being a parent is often a minefield. From the moment you realise you're having a bundle of joy, the information that comes your way is quite staggering. From how to transport them, uh, feed them, screen time, vaccines, teething, the best pram, the best cot, the most educational toys you can get them, everything. And that's all before they've even approached the age of one. But as your child gets older, the information you receive seems to grow less and less. The first 1,000 days of a child's life is fundamental for brain development to ensure both cognitive and interpersonal skills have started to form. And it has been proven with extensive research. But once your child becomes a teenager, which is a bit further on, really, it's arguably more like a desert. (laughs) You have nothing The advice is more difficult to find, harder to understand, to put into place. And then you also have a child, which is now a teenager, who can often ignore you (laughs) and comes with a whole host of other issues. The kids I teach are wonderful, wonderful human beings. Not only are they loved and well looked after, but many of them have access to a multitude of resources that many teenagers in the world simply do not have access to. But they also fall in danger of not having experiences that other kids and teenagers have to deal with. And it could possibly be more of an issue than you may have considered. And that's basically what we're going to be thinking about today. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was the idea of having a place for boredom. I can't tell you, I'm sure you can relate with this, about how many times my five-year-old says I'm bored. And it's less and less now, actually, because I am trying to get her to be bored. Because I remember finding out that I was going to become a mum. And one of my first thoughts was that I wanted to give my little girl the kind of life that I didn't have. And it's only natural, isn't it? As humans, we want to evolve, change the course of history, and ensure our offspring has the best start in life. It's kind of programmed and why many of us strive to give our kids everything. But it is being given to them at a cost. Many kids have packed schedules. I mean, completely packed. They've got after school activities, most evenings, events, trips. That means few of them ever have the time to be bored or wait anymore. 
I don't know about you, but when I was younger, being bored gave me time to experiment, doodle, write, read, and feel silence and how long time was. Kids that don't have this may get very impatient or be unable to build resilience when it comes to working towards a goal. They may find it hard to just sit and study or not see the need to let their mind be still or feel uneasy when it is still. This could lead to increased anxiety, elevated levels of hyperactivity and a need to constantly be doing something, which is not really what we were designed for. We are quite primitive beings and for many hundreds of thousands of years, (laughs) tens of thousands of years, we spent a lot of time being bored, waiting for our food to run in front of us or the men so that they could hunt. The women would spend many hours just caring for children, looking up at nature. We live in such an opposite world. And many of the books that I'm reading at the moment are all about this and the formation of cultures and humanity. And by not allowing your kids to have that sense of boredom and to have that sense of just nothingness, surely we're creating a bit more of a problem for them in the long term. And it may be something you've not really thought about before. It may be that you feel guilty if they're not being busy and they don't have the same opportunities that their peers do. But try to look at it from a different perspective. In the past few years, our consumer habits have transformed as well. We have this buy it now culture. We can make purchases instantly online and get a free movie. (laughs) Sorry. That was very badly worded, wasn't it? We can get, we can pay for things instantly and it just pops up. So you can buy a movie. You don't have to go to the cinema. This has kind of got worse or better, whatever perspective you have since COVID. We can order food at the click of a button and order pretty much anything to arrive the next day. We do this all the time and it has seamlessly integrated into our daily pattern thanks to the likes of the marketing from Amazon with Amazon Prime, for example, and other companies that do a buy it now, deliver the same day kind of service. I'm guilty of it too, but have you thought about how it may be affecting your kids? Again, when we were younger, there was a beauty of waiting for something. You would make do with shorter clothes for a bit longer, a hole in your favourite trainers, a little bit longer than you probably should have done. Make lists of things for your birthday months in advance. But now kids seem to just get things. If they need something, it arrives the next day or that week, and they seem to be losing the ability in waiting. I think, again, this could have three possible issues. So the first and the most obvious is amounting debt. Now, it might be that you can afford to give your kids lovely items, but can you predict whether they will be able to afford the same kind of lifestyle that you're giving them right now? It's nearly impossible to do that. What about if they just kind of keep buying stuff and have no end game? I actually know someone like this and his family are really, really well to do. And they've done very well for themselves, building up the businesses from scratch. And they then he went to university and he racked up a huge credit card bill because he was just so used to having a certain type of drink or a certain type of coffee bean. Uh, And it's quite funny, really. It's kind of a very much first world problem. But if that isn't dealt with at the age of 18, can you imagine what 
the kind of problems he's going to be facing when he's 25. Um, that's just an example. So that's the first one, debt. When they leave home for the first time, the other is a need to constantly have the newest thing and live in a throwaway culture. When you think about that, it's quite funny, really, isn't it? Every single year, I don't do this, but a lot of people do, the new iPhone comes out. I'm not quite sure the difference between the iPhones. I do know that after about two years, they tend to break every single time. Whereas my friends with Androids, they don't break as often. Um, So I do wonder about that. But it's almost as if we need to buy stuff to compete with other people that we don't really like, just to compete with them. And it seems a bit irrelevant when you think about it like that. So I suppose what I'm suggesting is, why are you buying your kids things they need the next day? Why aren't you letting them wait for them? Because that waiting is kind of linked to the boredom idea. Maybe by letting them wait, they're going to learn skills that they may not otherwise. And then also in the value of money, which a lot of them don't. The third is impatience. Maybe by waiting a little longer, resilience can be built up. Maybe they could earn their pocket money, for example. And that leads me beautifully onto my next point. If you give your kids everything, they're not working for anything. The other thing I think we're guilty of is just doing everything for our kids. When I was younger, my parents didn't have a cleaner, a gardener, a builder. They literally did everything themselves. And we had to pull our weight too, my brother and I. We had chores, had to work to earn our pocket money and save if we wanted something. But when I ask the kids I teach, and I teach a lot of kids now, most of them don't do chores. Most of them don't know how to cook. And these can be 15 and 16 year olds or work the washing machine. When I've done different types of energy and physics, many of them don't know how the oven works or how the washing machine works. But there is a merit to working for something. If your child's never worked, or doesn't understand the value in doing a task and gets a reward for doing nothing, then when they come to needing to work for their exams or for anything, but particularly exams, they don't know how to do it. It's like it's foreign to them and they don't see the purpose of working for something. Or they don't know how to live independently when they leave home and they don't understand the value of money either. The culmination of the skills that are lacking in so many kids and teens puts them at a huge disadvantage, which kind of seems counterintuitive. When you think about the most successful people in life, in business, many of them started from very, and there is a trend with this, from very, very poor backgrounds. They literally worked when they were kids to support their families. They had to have three jobs. They were at school as well. I'm sure you've seen very many movies and heard very many stories about this. It's very rare that you hear of a very well-to-do person who has consistently done well. And actually, a lot of the people that you think should be doing better don't. And that's often because everything is done for them. And the point at which they need to work, they just don't know how to. As parents, we want to make our kids' lives a walk in the park. Like we do. We want them to be happy, right? Simplistic and happy. But if they don't have a certain amount of struggle, and I'm talking about manageable struggle here, which means 
you know, chores. I'm not talking about walking in the streets barefoot, having to walk miles to go to a paper round or something like that. I'm not talking about that. But manageable struggles. Then when a real struggle happens, like sickness, first job, losing a relationship, stress at school or university, if they haven't had that struggle before that you've kind of put them through, then this kind of real life struggle will hit them extremely hard. There isn't really a rule book or guidelines to help you through this, but I can assure you the kids that do better academically with me are the kids who have had to work for things. They help make meals, have chores, pocket money. They wait for things. They have an element of we wait for that. We don't buy it now. We don't do this stuff the next day. It's a case of planning and waiting. And it's kind of like a lesson in life that you're teaching your kids there. The kids that do not see the value of money or the value of how hard work feels and that sense of accomplishment either struggle to revise or have a hard time sticking to a plan and lack an end goal. These values are things to be learned over a period of time and cannot be harnessed and nurtured very easily in the short term. So by all means, give your kids the things you didn't have. But don't forget the things, the lessons you had to learn, which may have been hard at the time, but helped to shape your mindset, like work ethic and resilience. Pass these things on too. In fact, I would argue that these things are more important than anything you can give your kids. Life skills and life lessons and being hard sometimes is a good parenting style. There are some people that would disagree with that. But for example, my little girl, she is coming up for six. She knows how to feed her chickens because we do have chickens, which I love. I love the chickens. She knows how to put the clothes in the washing machine. She doesn't turn it on. I do that. But she does know how to carry them downstairs. She knows how to cook. She knows how to cut things with a sharp knife. She knows the dangers of it. She knows and helps me clean. Not all the time, but sometimes. And it's introducing her to these things at an early age. She has seen me as a single mum struggle and do things on my own and work. And she understands. And I often say to her, and it's not always true. I say to her, we can't afford that right now. I want her to understand the value of money. And if I buy her things that she wants all the time, it's not sending the right message. And I think some people avoid this conflict with their kids. But I don't avoid this conflict with my child because if she got everything she wanted all the time, she wouldn't build up her resilience and she would not understand the value and importance of money from an early age. And if you don't understand it from an early age, it's really likely that you're going to have problems and issues with it. And also, if you don't talk about it when you're younger, you're going to have issues with it as well. So that's kind of where my train of thought is coming from with being a little bit hard on my child. I also do expect certain things of her and in a nice way. She knows boundaries as well and she does get bored. There are times where I am busy cooking or doing something. She doesn't have any siblings and for maybe 20 minutes she'll be at the kitchen table with a piece of paper and I'll say do something and she does and it's just a case of letting her feel like she can do things independently 
And because of that, I've never, ever had an issue with her being um, able to do things when I ask her to. Sometimes it's challenging with a toddler, but now she's getting older, it's easing up a little bit. And she is a pretty independent, strong young lady. And that is exactly the type of woman that I want to raise. Um, So please just consider before you give your kids absolutely everything and fill up all their time with all these after school clubs, which do have merit, they absolutely do. Just consider what you want your kids to look like when they're in their late 20s, when they're in their late 30s. Think about the skills that you want them to have and then work backwards and think, what could you do now to help them for 10 years time, for 20 years time? Because I've known so many people and there's one person in particular who ran a really big business that I have in mind right now. And he had to write a training program for graduates who couldn't write emails, who couldn't do timekeeping, who couldn't dress properly for work, who had an attitude that they were not being paid enough, even though they were entry level, because of their background and because of what their parents did and earned. And it was fascinating listening to the stories of of this particular person. Um, But just be careful, because otherwise you'll be giving your kids everything and nothing at the same time. Thank you for listening today. Today, I hope it's been helpful. And um, next week, I am probably going to be discussing all things revision and exams because I'm going to do a series of podcasts aimed at those in year eleven who are struggling with a bit of motivation, can't quite get through. Hopefully, today has helped the parents. And then uh, over the course of the next five weeks, I'm going to be focusing on the teenagers and try to get them to listen to this too. So, enjoy, enjoy your week, and I will be posting another podcast next week. For now, bye.